It was a bright Saturday morning at the diner off the corner of El Centro and Figueroa, Hollywood, California, 10.26 a.m. Oddly, there wasn't the usual line of patrons stretching out the door as was customary for this time on a Saturday. Instead, the restaurant was only about two-thirds full. Unusual for a weekend morning, there were even several empty seats at the counter. The hostess had just left her podium at the front to take a couple and their two young children back to be seated in a booth along the glass front, which faced the sidewalk and traffic outside. As she left her station, she had grabbed two small boxes of crayons for the kids to color on the restaurant's paper placemats, which waited on the tabletop. Jose, a recent immigrant from Guatemala, had a tub full of dirty dishes in his arms from the two tables he had just bussed. He deftly ducked between tables to allow the hostess and her entourage of guests to pass on their way down the aisle toward the back and to their waiting table. This gave Jose a moment to reflect on his good fortune as he stared across the restaurant, through the window, and across the sidewalk beyond. He noticed how warm it was outside. Already, sidewalk foot traffic had thinned out because of the climbing temperature. Just a week earlier, it was he, himself, standing out there, out in this oppressive heat and blinding sun, lottering about outside the Home Depot across the street, begging for a few hours of work doing some sort of menial, back-breaking labor. Instead, even though he could feel his muscles strain from the weight of the dirty dishes stacked up in the tub he was holding, he was inside, working in air conditioning, getting steady hours, and almost as importantly, one square restaurant-quality meal a day. At the counter, in the last seat, the farthest from the door, sat Terry, a struggling actor from Abilene, Texas. Terry had just started pouring cream from tiny disposable plastic containers into his coffee when his cell phone, its ringtone set to vibrate, began buzzing. After he had fished his phone from his pants with his free hand, he glanced down at the screen and read the caller ID and recognized the number as one of the several talent agencies with which he had registered. Terry was hoping to get some work as a background extra, not just to gain some experience, but to also supplement his income from the day job where he worked as a retail store clerk. He had just finished pouring the rest of his cream into his coffee and was just about to set the empty container on the table, freeing up that hand to push the green button and answer the call. While in the midst of this, he wondered why a casting agent would be reaching out to him at a little after 10.30 on a Saturday morning. Behind Terry, across the aisle, in a booth, and at this moment, just in front of Jill, the hostess, sat Joe and Sharon. Joe was still picking at the remains of a stack of pancakes, nervously swirling them around in a gooey mixture of melted butter and sugary syrup. Sharon who had just finished her petite omelette, was purposely ignoring the toast on her plate while she slowly sipped a glass of orange juice. No need to add those calories onto my thighs, she thought silently to herself. 
With the niceties of the morning gone, Joe and Sharon were just sitting there, unsure of what to say to each other. After three years of steady dating, their relationship had plateaued, and with achieving that level, had recently become stale. Both of them were secretly fighting the urge to pick up their respective cell phones, each of which was lying on the table among the remains of their morning meal. The occasional binging upon the receipt of a text, or more likely, a social media post by one of their acquaintances, only added to their struggles to ignore the devices. However, in a bid to improve their communications, and hence their relationship, they had both agreed to ignore their cell phones during their meals together just the day before. Left alone with his thoughts, Joe resorted to rehearsing three words silently in his mind. The exact three words Sharon needed to hear. An act that he had spent weeks building up to even though his doubts still lingered up to this very moment. Summoning all of his courage, Joe had just reached across the table, gently and confidently taking Sharon's left hand in his. Everything in this Norm's 24-hour diner at the corner of El Centro and Figueroa had been carefully orchestrated, meticulously planned, organized, and arranged by forces unseen. Jose was mere seconds away from getting a compliment from Jill, the hostess, for being so Johnny on the spot as she would have put it, using that specific idiom with an earshot of the shift manager. A compliment whose wording would completely baffle Jose, but a figure of speech which, if overheard by the shift manager, as it was supposed to be, would lead to more hours for Jose, and more importantly, would motivate the shift manager to take a special interest in Jose, eventually becoming his mentor. Suddenly, in a split second, none of that was going to happen. The shift manager wouldn't hear a compliment, wouldn't be taking a special interest in Jose, and wouldn't be pushing Jose to better himself by taking English as a second language class at the local community college. He wouldn't be going out of his way to show Jose the operations from the ground up, and then, eventually, the shift manager would not be recommending Jose for a managerial role at this very norms at some point in the future. Instead of all the tumblers coming up lucky number sevens across the board on that slot machine of life for Terry, the struggling actor, a cosmic tremor was about to metaphorically bump the machine to register a bust. The call from a casting agent, an agent who desperately needed a last-minute fill-in for a bit part, in a medical transcription school commercial, being filmed just down the street, would go unanswered. Instead, Terry's attention would be stolen, leading him to fumble his vibrating phone, and, after a mere five seconds, everything had changed. Repeated return calls would be made in vain, ringing until being sent to voicemail, with no calls back. Terry would not be getting the last-minute fill-in part in the Saturday shoot that would lead to more work in commercials. Now, he wouldn't have the money to invest in more acting classes, and without those classes and the corresponding increase in his self-confidence, he wouldn't be getting that recurring supporting role on a three-season sitcom. Instead, Terry would be plagued with self-sabotaging thoughts, 
like the thought that he just didn't have what it takes to be an actor. That would lead him to wandering aimlessly from one temporary job to another before eventually returning to Abilene, a broken and dejected man. And the couple, Joe and Sharon, that moment of serendipity which had been carefully arranged would pass without Joe speaking. Even though he had mustered the courage to say the exact three words that Sharon longed to hear, even though he had rehearsed them, repeating them over and over, and he had taken that first bold step by reaching across the table to hold Sharon's hand. But all of his rehearsing and all of the energy which had been invested to rearrange events behind the scenes, from orchestrating their initial chance meeting through reinforcing their budding relationship, all the way to this point, the creation of the exact situation for him to express his true feelings for Sharon, that was all usurped. Now, instead of Sharon experiencing a wave of reassurance prompted by hearing those three words, they wouldn't be moving in together. And a few years later, there would not be a wedding. Afterwards, a child, the very child who would have grown up to unravel a basic key in the structure of the most malignant forms of cancer, would not be born. Instead, 12 days from now, on a nondescript, unremarkable Thursday evening, both of them would agree that they needed to take a break from each other, ostensibly to find out how they really felt. But they would never be getting back together again. The whole setup, the weeks, the months, the years, where these four people, each attempting to manifest their perfect, ideal future, subconsciously thinking about it, consciously taking steps, meditating and dwelling on their dreams, each in their unique way, all the so-called coincidental situations which had occurred to precisely align the universe for these moments to manifest into existence in this particular place at precisely 10.38 a.m. That total and complete harmonic convergence was shattered in the Norm's Diner off El Centro Avenue in Hollywood when this lightning rod of controversy with his overconfidence and cocksure attitude swaggered in. Everything began to teeter and then literally came crashing down when this one simple innocuous act of independence, of free will, by a single untuned but incredibly powerful channeler of chaos walked through the front door. Even Jose, a recent immigrant from Guatemala, recognized him and gasped at his entrance, causing Jill the hostess to suddenly turn around which resulted in her accidentally knocking the tub full of dishes from Jose's hands. The manager, with his back to the action, heard all the commotion and assumed it was just clumsiness on behalf of his new busboy, Jose. Too bad, he thinks. I had a soft spot for the kid, but if he's gonna drop tubs full of dishes, he's not gonna be here long. The racket, made by ceramic dinner plates, coffee cups and dirty saucers crashing on the tile floor startled Terry into dropping his cell phone 
just as he was about to answer, thus missing a call from a desperate talent agent who had then moved on to speed dialing other stand-ins from his database of hopeful actors. Sharon, who would have been the future, but now, suddenly, the former bride-to-be, immediately lunged for her cell phone, hoping to capture a selfie with this celebrity, a selfie that she was already dreaming about posting on her Facebook page. Sharon was constantly on the lookout for such opportunities so that she could convince her friends and the relatives that she had left behind that she had made the right choice when she moved to the bright lights of the big city. Ironically, she actually was ignoring the real reason why her relocation had gone so smoothly, which was sitting across the table from her. Yanking her hand away from Joe's grasp, Sharon's attention shifted to grabbing her cell phone. She worked feverishly to bring up the camera app on her phone so that she could snap a quick selfie with this interloper, unknowingly interrupting the moment where Joe was supposed to say those three little words. Words that would have propelled their relationship above the plateau and into the stratosphere. But now, that moment had passed, never to reappear. All because a 24-time Grammy Award winner and former presidential candidate walked into this particular Norm's Diner at this exact time on this auspicious day. Kanye West. <laughs>